Good morning to each one of you and greetings in Jesus' name. Where is God? Somebody tell me. Where? Where? Where is God? Right here? Is that the only place He is? God is everywhere. Is He in these benches? Is He in these benches? Is He in this building? Is He out of doors? Is He in the rocks? Where is God? And how can you tell me, how can you explain to me that God is everywhere? Just because of what you read? Inform me. That's a simple word to say. Prove it. Because of our experience. And what does that experience do for you? It makes you see God everywhere. Okay. And did you see him before? That experience. And I'm not just asking Leland. I'm, I'm asking all of us. We have an experience with God. But did we see him before? God reveals himself to mankind, right? And we know that. And many of us experience God. And I know that for myself, and I can probably speak for many of you all, if not all, there are times in our Christian lives, in our Christian experience, that we feel close to God, right? And then there are times as I've experienced, when we feel like God is far away. And it may seem or may feel that no matter how much we cry out to God, that He is unattainable, untouchable, unapproachable, or maybe even seemingly unavailable. But is that who God is? I want us to think about that as, as we worship here this morning, as we read from God's Word. <clears throat> there are times where we grow in our Christian life and we, we seemingly, hmm, I don't know exactly how to say it, we seemingly just constantly hear His voice. <clears throat> and then there are other times where it may be a spell or a period of time where it's like, where are you, God? How many of you all have experienced that in your life? I think all too familiar. As we read from, from Scripture, it says in the very beginning, in creation, God 
We see God as someone that desired communion with his creation. And in Genesis, you know, that to me is the basic building block of all of Scripture. And if we can't practice that word that Brother Paul talked about, about creation, the rest of our faith really has no merit. And that is faith. In Genesis 1 it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed him. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And when God looked at that in verse 31, he said, He saw everything that he had made. And it was very good. And then God, we know the story. God planted a garden in Eden and he put man there to dress and to keep it. And when God was in the garden, when, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, there was a close fellowship, a close communion between man and God. And I believe that man, that Adam, that God were near one another. I believe that they had a close fellowship, that they spoke with one another. I believe that they walked and talked together. It was a fellowship, it was a friendship, but it was also a worship. Kind of like a father-son relationship. And we know the story about how Satan tempted Eve and she and Adam ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And in eating of that tree, it broke that fellowship with God. Now, I don't know if you can in your mind picture, but I think many of us can somewhat identify with that as, as parents. When our children are small, we try to love and correct and discipline them as needed for their good. We want them to know that we care about them. We are concerned about their eternal well-being. And they're not going to understand that when they're small. But as they grow, I think our children will understand that we're not just concerned about making them listen, but we are concerned about obedience for their, for their good, for their well-being. But I know that my parents... We're disappointed when I didn't follow their instructions. And it is disappointing when we see our children purposely choosing. And that isn't in all of our experiences, but some. And it grieves our hearts. It somewhat mars a relationship. And we want so much to restore them, not necessarily in adulthood, but we want so much to restore them into a right relationship with ourselves, with God, with others. And then as our children grow older and to move on with life, we can only hope and pray that what we have taught 
through God's word is going to stick. Proverbs 22, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. This word depart means to turn off. It means, it says, he will not turn off of the way. He will not decline. He will not rebel. He will not revolt. He will not withdraw. He will not be without that teaching because it sticks if we train up a child in the way he should go. We know that God, our Creator, desires that we as His children live in obedience to Him. And He is seeking that communion, that fellowship. He wants us to worship Him as his, as, as his children, as our God and Father. He wants that right relationship where we can walk and talk with Him. But where is God? That's something I want us to think about. Where is God? If we look in chapter 3 of Genesis, it says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. God, in this perfect environment, <laughs> was looking for that fellowship, that worship, that communion. And it says, when he went walking in the garden in the cool of the day, he was looking for Adam and Eve. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said, Adam, where are you? And Adam said, I heard that voice in the garden, and I was afraid. What caused fear? Was it fear of who God was? Was it fear of what would happen to Adam and to Eve? What caused the fear? But he said, I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And then we know. God asked him some questions and Adam blamed Eve and Eve blamed the serpent. Who created the distance? Where is God? Where was God? God was where he always was. He is where he always is and always will be. He was in the midst of his kingdom. And he placed man in the middle of that garden to fellowship with him. Who created the distance? Was it God that moved away? No. As we look at this picture, we see that Adam and Eve made a decision. And then when they heard God coming... We've got to get out of here. For each one of us, when we feel like God is far away, who created that distance? I look at my life, and I know who creates the distance. We withdraw ourselves, and I say this for myself. Why do we tend to blame God? Why do we say that God is far away? 
that he's not hearing our prayers? Why do we say that God doesn't care? Why do we look at the distance as God's fault? Most times, it's probably because of not practicing what Brother Paul said. It's not practicing faith. But it's also maybe something that we're partaking of. Like Adam and Eve. They saw the fruit. They saw that it was good. They partook of that fruit. And it caused a division. And that was sin. Separated from God. And I look back at my life and I see the areas where I have failed in past years. And I see the distance that, that created between myself and God. Was it God that moved? Where is God? He is always where He is. In His kingdom. Seeking each one of us to come. Most times, we, don't, we, we think that God is far away because we don't want to accept our own responsibility, our own choice to move away from our God, our Creator. We have chosen to disobey or blame or even walk away from the one that so desperately wants to have a close walk and fellowship with each one of us. So how do you know? How do we know that God wants fellowship with me? How do you know that God wants fellowship with you? How do you know that God cares about your life or mine? And the things that we do, the people that we love. How do we know that in spite of the many times that I myself have ignored or run from the promptings of God's spirit that he wants to reconcile us to himself? Well, scripture teaches. And that's where faith comes in. But we need to step forward in faith. In Romans 5 it says, But God commendeth His love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. John 3.16, we all know those verses so very well. God, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. 1 John 4, 9. In this was manifested the love of God towards us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sins. Does God care? Does God know us? Does He want what's good for us? <clears throat> In the school year of 2011 and 12, the seniors went on their annual trip to Puerto Rico. And on that trip, friendships were made and there were several weekends that we uh, phone calls and these through these weekends and phone calls, friendships, these friendships grew. And in the spring, 
that senior class, which included Franklin, was invited to the graduation at Birkeland in Georgia. And if I recall correctly, I think everyone went. Is that correct? Brent Halterman and Gary Hagee were the graduates of that class. And the seniors spent a fun-filled weekend in Georgia experiencing the, the enjoyment of the graduation and the party afterwards and then, and then the fellowship of their comrades that had gone to Puerto Rico with them. <clears throat> and on Sunday afternoon, they headed for home. About halfway home, Franklin got a phone call from Brent's mom that Brent had been killed. It's hard to believe. And I know it was hard for them to believe. And yet, true to life, accidents do happen. And people are snatched from this life into eternity. As parents, Paula, <clears throat> Paula and I knew the, that Franklin was hurting. And we wanted so much to be able to take care of that hurt. Take away his pain. But it was pain that we couldn't reach. There was a friendship formed and it was so quickly taken away. And there was nothing we could do about it. Any of us. Franklin, his classmates, parents. But we weren't the only ones that felt that pain. We didn't feel the pain for Brent because we didn't know him that well. But we did feel the pain for Brent's family, for, the, for their friends, for their church, for the community, for the seniors that went for that weekend. And we look at that and we say, where was God? Does he care? Did this have to happen? Couldn't God have prevented this accident? And so we have many questions, and yet we understand and know without a doubt that God's ways are so much higher than our ways. And by faith, we trust in that. We rest in that. You know, that was a personal experience. But as we read scripture, as we look into the context of the word of God, we look at the creation and God creating man. And we tend to disassociate or, I don't know, I don't know exactly how to say it. But people are people. 
when we read about in the New Testament about the suffering and death of Jesus, it's hard to imagine the pain of that mother as she watched what happened to her son. It's hard to imagine the pain that, the, that Jesus' brothers felt as they watched the scourging and the beating and, and the humiliation that their brother, their Lord, had gone through. Even the disciples watching all this take place and not being able to reach in and do anything about it, not being able to intervene, not being able to stop the pain, not being able to do anything. Where was God? Did God care about Mary? Did God care about Jesus' brothers and His disciples? We know that He did and that He does. And we also know that God Himself, being Jesus' Father, would have felt some of the same things. It was His only begotten Son. And this suffering and death was so much more than just an accident. But it was a planned event for your salvation, for my salvation. Did all this happen because God was far away? No. God was and is always and that is in His kingdom. And that kingdom is near unto us. Psalm 145, 17 and 18 says, The Lord is righteous in all His ways and holy in all His works. The Lord is nigh unto them, all them that call upon Him, to all that call, call upon Him in truth. For men, we try to think things through logically. We try to place God and the happenings where we want them to work out. And when it doesn't work out like we think it should, we fuss and blame. And I, I say this for myself and say that well, God doesn't really care. And yet, we know that God has our eternal best at stake. We look at things from our eyes, and it says in Proverbs, Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord looks or ponders the heart. God is near. God does care. God has our best in mind for us eternally. He, hear, he hears us. In Psalm 34, it says, The righteous cry, and the Lord delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. He is close. Where is God? He is here. He is seeking. He is in our hearts. He is in our minds. He is in the Word. He is in all of nature. 
He is seeking, not willing that any should perish. And He is speaking to us today through the reading of His Word, not necessarily through me, but through His Spirit, through His Word, possibly through me as a vessel. He is speaking to us every day through these avenues. Can we hear it? Where is God? But the more important question is, where are you? Are we like Adam and Eve, wanting and desiring to be in that fellowship with God, our Lord Jesus Christ? Or are we seeking a bush to hide behind or a tree to duck under? Vice versa. A bush to duck under, a tree to hide behind. Isaiah 55. And I know this is Old Testament. But the message is clear throughout Scripture. It says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. How far is God from you? He's not very far. How far is eternity from you? It's not very far. For Brent Halteman, eternity was riding down that road on a four-wheeler. And it was near to him. And when that young man was kicking that front wheel of that four-wheeler and his britches caught on that four-wheeler and flipped that four-wheeler forward, eternity called. God called him. And Brent passed over the threshold. Did it cause pain? Yes, it caused pain. But... Brent had a clear testimony. He had a clear testimony that he he was right with God. And you know, Brent doesn't have to suffer anymore. He doesn't have to go through the pain and the toil of this life. He doesn't have to face the temptations and everything else that comes our way. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Where is God? He is near. In Hebrews 3, it says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if ye will hear his voice. It's not me saying it. It's God and his word saying it. Today, as the Holy Ghost, wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. couple of verses down in verse 12. It says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. And the other part of that verse says, In departing from the living God. Where is God? He is where He always is. In His kingdom seeking you to be a part of His kingdom. Where is your heart? Where is my heart? Are we departing from Him, from a living God? It says in verse 13, But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold 
the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. God is near. God is speaking. And I was challenged by what Franklin shared in his closing comments, and I'd almost like him to possibly read that again in just a little bit. In James 4, verse 7, it says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Draw nigh. That is an action. That's something we need to do. But he will draw near to us. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves. And that's something that was shared. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. These verses that Franklin read this, this, this morning. Humility. Where is God? God is where he always will be. He always is and always will be. He is in heaven. He is in his kingdom. Seeking each one of us to be a part of that family of God. To be a part of his kingdom. With Jesus Christ at his side making intercession for you and I. In John 14, Jesus said, If a man love me, he will keep my words and my Father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Where is God? God is speaking today. God is speaking through His Word. He is speaking through nature. He is speaking through people. He is speaking through the Spirit. Where is God? He is near to you and to me. In Revelation 3 verse 20 it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Where is God? He is near to each one of us today. And so my question for you, for myself, is the Spirit speaking to your heart through the Word? Through the Spirit, through other people. If He is, open that door. Allow Jesus to come in. As we read over those last couple of verses, we wonder, where is God? Well, He is near. And He is saying, take heed. Be careful. He is saying, harden not your hearts. He is saying, submit yourselves to God. He is saying, draw nigh unto me. And He is saying, Humble yourself. Could you read that again for me, please? In the Sunday school? Yes. God is ready, willing, and wanting to work in our lives. He wants spiritual power to be a daily living reality in us. For this to be, we must believe God. We must take Him at His word. We 
must sincerely and diligently seek Him with all our hearts. That kind of seeking will always be marked with by continual prayer. Amen. My challenge to myself, to each one of you here today, is God speaking to you? If God is speaking to your heart, it's not rocket science. It is a mere taking heed, hardening not our hearts, submitting ourselves to God, drawing nigh unto Him, and humbling ourselves in repentance and confession and allowing Christ to make in us a new creature. May God add His blessing to the reading of the Word. May you be blessed as well.